Sorry about that, folks. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties here on the Deep Thirds Football Podcast. Uh, we're back on the draft special. We had a little bit of problems because Matt has, uh, you know, enough enough kids to fill a whole football team himself, and they decided to hop on the Wi-Fi, right, Matt? Yeah, I told them we were conducting a draft and stay off my damn Wi-Fi, but kids. <laughs> yeah, as we said earlier, you know, this is going to be a problem for the draft on Thursday. I'm really looking forward to how that situation shakes out in real time, so – uh, yeah, well, we're back here. Uh, we were in the middle of the 23rd pick, which belongs to the New England Patriots. Um, Matt and Ryan already made their picks. Uh, I, however, do not have the New England Patriots picking in this spot. I have them trading back because Bill Palachek doesn't make picks in the draft. He always trades back. I don't care if Tom Brady's his quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, freaking anyone. I don't care. He's going to trade back and get as much draft capital as possible. So it might not be too far, but he's going to go to – he's going to call the Green Bay Packers, and he's going to go, give me 30 – and give me um, a mid-round pick. So the Packers give up um, – let me just look at this. Uh, the number 30 pick and the 2026. So he gets a sixth-round pick, but all he wants is that extra pick late in the draft. He doesn't care. He'll find an offensive lineman or something and groom him into a, a great player. Um, so the Packers go up to 23, and they need some linebackers. You know, Blake Martinez signed with the Giants. He wasn't that good anyway. But the Packers haven't had a good linebacker since uh, Clay Matthews. Um, so they're going to go and get their guy. They love Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Uh, and they got it. They went up seven spots and they picked them. And uh, hopefully for them, he solidifies the middle of the field. So uh, maybe not the best linebacker available, but I think he fits what they are looking for the most. Uh, a lot of that is how they, they fit with the team. So, um, yeah, let's move on to uh, pick 24, which is the New Orleans Saints Unless you have a trade, Ryan, do you uh, do you have the New Orleans Saints picking here? Yeah. Um, so um, my pick again, like the, when we we get to these like later round picks, you know, a lot of these teams, if like they were already doing like a lot of re-signings or whatever, it's kind of really hard to, to gauge. Um, they recently lost uh, what's his face that that one guy uh, that that one linebacker uh, free agency or whatever. I can't remember what his name is, but um, so but with that said, I think they're going to pick up uh, Kenneth Murray from hmm. OU. Now, I know that a lot of people don't like picking Big 12 uh, defenders because there's like, kind of a really negative connotation of saying, oh, the Big 12 doesn't really play defense. Well, um, Oklahoma kind of does. They jumped up significantly this past year. They were like a top 40 defense, top – yeah, I think it was top 40, which is really huge, big jump. In the next few years, we're probably going to see a lot of secondary, secondary players, a lot of maybe second-level players coming out, coming out from this school. Um, Murray looks, again – I'm more basing this on coverage than anything else. Um, and I thought he is a great second-level player, plays great coverage, um, fits a necessary hole for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, we have them obviously going back-to-back picks here, so we're in the same range. Uh, the Saints obviously need help at the linebacker area. Uh, Matt, uh, New Orleans, where do you see the Saints going here? With the loss of Teddy Bridgewater, and, and I know people love Taysom Hill, Tyson Hill, whatever his first name is. But I don't see him being a long-term answer at the quarterback position. I think it's more of a specialty position. He can give you 10 to 15 wild plays, maybe a season at that position. But I think he's fairly limited. Um, With this pick, they are going to take Jalen Hurts. Wow. You love him all of a sudden. That's amazing. I, I, you, they were hyping him up like he's the second coming of Lamar Jackson. That's pretty interesting to me. Uh, I'm talking about Taysom Hill anyway. weeks getting Matt on my team about this. Yeah. Weeks. 
And it paid off in a big way for you. <laughs> the Saints picking them in the first round. Uh, that's the Oklahoma guys going all around here. <laughs> so good for him. Uh, a good guy to learn from, Drew Brees, in that first year too, especially maybe two years, who knows. Um, I have New Orleans trying to get improving their pass rush um, on defense. They're going to pick uh, your Gross Matos, the Penn, the Penn State linebacker that Ryan talked so highly about in a previous show. Uh, I don't think I said his name right, but I think he's a physical freak. I think he's a good pass rusher. I think he's a good tackler. And I think New Orleans is going to place him right on the edge and just tell him to go get him, uh, especially now with Tom Brady in that division, Matt Ryan, these guys. I mean, now the Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, these guys aren't the most mobile guys ever, so uh, why not chase him down? So I have. I think they're going to love the value here, too, at 24, because he's probably going to go higher than that. Um, yeah. So Vikings back-to-back. Vikings are picking again here. Not back-to-back. But uh, within four picks of each other, the Vikings are back. I'll start us off here just for variety's sake. Um, like I said, we said earlier that they probably want to improve their defense a little bit more. They lost some guys in the front seven. Uh, I'm going to go A.J. Espinessa, the defensive end from Iowa. Um, so they can bolster their defense. I think that they are totally relying on their defense, given that Kirk Cousins is their quarterback and their offense is totally unreliable. Uh, and we're relying on a running back in Dalvin Cook, who's injury prone. You're going to need a defense to keep you in games. So uh, that's my thought process there. They get a guy to help with their secondary, and they get a guy to help their front seven. Um, so, Matt, uh, here at 25, who are the Vikings picking with their second pick in the first round? Randy, I feel like you're reading my mind on this one. Wrong player, but right idea. They're taking <laughs> Joss Uchi out of Michigan, the defensive linebacker hybrid, okay. where he can play on the line, or if you need to drop him back into a linebacker position, he's going to be able to do it. I like his physical traits, and I know the, the same things I like about him are some of the things I hate about Leonard Floyd when the Bears just recently cut him, but I like his ability. I like his motor. I think he's going to get after it, and it's really going to help that Vikings defense, unfortunately, for Bears fans. Yeah, I, again, I, I think maybe the uh, north – is it northwest technically? No, is it just what, – what is that area called in the world, in Michigan and Minnesota? It's, it's north. Just north. I, I think Midwest. there's a connection there. Midwest. Midwest. Still, even if it's, okay, Midwest still. I think there's a connection in that area. I think that region uh, is still kind of close-knit, so it would be an easy scouting uh, job for them for sure. Um, all right, Ryan, uh, the Vikings second pick at number 25. What do you got? As much as I just – uh, talked about how bad their secondary was or how much they probably need to improve their secondary. I actually think they're going to do the opposite with this pick and go with an offensive player, uh, with Brandon, Ed- Brandon Edgick from uh, Arizona State, wide receiver. Um, oh. Just for variety's sake, that's, how, that's why I like. I think they're – I just don't think the Vikings really need to go back-to-back defense right here necessarily. I think other needs that they can – that they need, they can get later. Um, it, like I said, the Vikings are just kind of more of a harder team to read based on what they have available and yeah so yeah I mean they also lost Stefan Diggs I mean obviously that's how they got this pick or got the earlier pick is by trading away him uh, I think they were kind of sick of his antics and then Odell Beckham Jr. type way so maybe they could be trying to get a guy to be opposite of Adam Thielen uh, I could totally see them going receiver with one of these picks uh, especially if one of those guys falls to them uh, all right Let's move on. And the, Ra- uh, the Raiders have yet another pick here. This is their third pick in the first round. Um, Matt, who do you have the Raiders picking here at 26? I actually have the Dolphins were slated at 26. Oh, yes. You have a trade. My, my apologies. I cannot keep track of all of these things. Yeah, the, the Dolphins actually traded that pick to the Bengals. Mm, I do remember and, this. 
And the Bengals are taking Josh Jones, offensive lineman. Okay. Okay. My mistake. Totally forgot yeah. about the trade. No, I mean, it's yeah. okay. I mean, that, that's my job to track my trades, but I mean, to, to As revisit. the host of the show, I should know these things. Well, you know, low expectations. Wow. But, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But what what we see, the Bengals have done a masterful job in this draft. They, they get the quarterback of the future in Jordan Love, and who doesn't love Jordan Love? But they get Josh Jones here to pair with Kalevon Chasen. So they start building up that defensive line and that offensive line. So they're building the right way. They get their franchise quarterback, and now they're going to start building at the two spots, defensive line and offensive line. They dictate a lot of games. So um, Dolphins are very happy with this trade, and so are the Bengals. I also can't believe I forgot because you called Jordan Love one of the worst picks in the history of the draft. So I probably should have remembered that. Um, This is where he (laughs) should have been picked. Like, I I feel like this is prime spot for Jordan Love. But, you know, the Bengals panicked and the Bengals did a Bengali thing. And, you know. It works out for them in the end, you're saying. so. They get the players they want. Okay. Well, you're giving the Bengals an awful lot of credit here. I'm interested to see how it shakes out for them. Uh, okay. Uh, do you have the Raiders slotted here at 26, Ryan? And if so, who you got? Um, I I didn't trade away this pick. This one's just uh, Miami um, for me. And wait, yeah, their team. That, yeah, it's Miami. They have it. They have this pick from Houston. Yep. Okay. And uh, so I think this is like what the Dolphins' like third pick. In this round, am I, am I mistaken? Is yep. that right? Yep, they have three ones this draft. Yeah, each one I think they're going just BPA or what they what they perceive to be best player available. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it is. Uh, both sides of the ball were freaking awful last year. I think they're going to pick up T. Higgins from Clemson wide receiver. Um, yeah, just do something to bolster that offense. Huh. Makes a lot um, of sense. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. But this whole time, for some reason, I thought the Raiders had this pick. So I'm totally an idiot on this. Did you trade Nava. away? Did you make a trade no. in your draft? No, I guess in my mock that I just wrote for Raiders um, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, you were right. It's obviously Miami picking here. Um, so I'm just going to give Miami the player I picked for the Raiders. <laughs> That's how this is going to go. It's not like they can't use them. Yeah, right. uh, so now the whole world, at least all of football life, knows how much of an idiot I am. Um, so I'm going to go Zach Bond, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Uh, I think he's a good player regardless of the team that he's being drafted to, which is now the Miami Dolphins and not the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, yeah, I like – I mean, white linebackers from Wisconsin are, are tough, hard-nosed guys, and I think it, the heat in Miami might affect him a little bit, but uh, I still think he's a good tackler, and I think you know Miami's going to be happy with it. Um, I believe I have this one, right? Picking 27th for the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. <laughs> Am I right about that? Yes, thank you. Uh, Ryan Shiner, who do you have Seattle picking? And this is always kind of weird what, what Pete Carroll does. So you never really know. So I think just kind of based on how their season ended and who they picked up at the end of last year, I think they're going to want to get a running back in this position, split snaps. Ooh, um, running backs in the first round. Boo. But they are getting Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, who's phenomenal. He set, set all types of records at Wisconsin. He's great basically anywhere you put him on the field. This is um, 
I, I just don't see a situation where a player like Taylor doesn't drop out of the first round also. And if there's anybody who can use, who knows how to use running backs, basically anyone, anyone, anywhere, in addition to Belichick, it's Pete Carroll, Slippery Pete. And, <laughs> yeah. When did when did they pick Rashad Penny? Was that last year or the year before? I mean, that's I can't that's. I, I think it's been two years for Penny. I mean, that's I mean, I, as of Chris Carson, fantasy owner last year, I loved him. I know he had fumble issues, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, obviously, Zach, I think he's gonna Taylor's gonna be a really good player in the NFL. But I just think if you think about running back value, it's almost never smart to do it in the first round. But you could be right. Uh, I don't think it's a horrible pick. I mean, he might not even be the best running back in this draft. I would argue DeAndre Swift. Um, might be a better player, but I mean, you're the you're the college football expert more so than me. Where does he rank as far uh, in the comparison? I mean, he was. I mean, he was by far probably the best. Uh, you know, running back last year. He, was high, he came close to being a Heisman finalist and was really dumb. Uh, I know Wisconsin fans were really pissed he didn't win the Heisman. So, but last year it was going to be either Burrow. It was Burrow. Sorry, Burrow, Jalen, everyone else <laughs> was yeah. those two just lit up college football last year yeah i think he's gonna be a good player for sure i don't as more more i think about the more i don't hate it so um i have them going defense here their secondary is far removed from the legion of boom um i just think that they struggled really as much like a lot in the back end especially um so i have them going jeff gladney here from tcu Uh, i don't love big 12 secondary players but uh, i think he's got speed i think he has good technique uh, and I think with Pete Carroll's uh, guidance that he could turn into a solid player I could see them falling in love with a corner like that um, in the in the late, later round like this. Uh, Matt Seattle for you who you got? So I agree with you Randy and um, to your point Ryan about Pete Carroll I mean Pete Carroll does know how to use running backs and I think that's why he doesn't value them highly he'll just get a bunch of running backs and see which one fits and that's how he's going to go with that flow. I think the thing that we need to watch here is, I do agree, the Legion of Boom's broken up, but what made the Legion of Boom so versatile, obviously, is the play of their safeties with mm-hmm. Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. Now, there's yeah. not a player like Earl Thomas in this draft at safety. I mean, some people may argue Xavier McKinney, he might be that type, but I, I really feel they need that guy that's going to fly around and stop players like um, Kittle, and the 49ers from trying to run with that triple-headed running back monster that they had there. So I have them taking Jeremy Chin out of Southern Illinois here. Now that is a pick. All right. All right. I mean, it's Pete Carroll. He'll totally find a gem like that, and I think he'll make it work. So I like the pick, Matt. I, I, I cannot tell you that I dislike that. I like it a lot. Um, so now we have the team that we all probably loved watching the quarterback of more than anywhere in last year. My, Matt Bushnell admitted that right on this program. Um, was the Baltimore Ravens and MVP Lamar Jackson and what I think should have been the coach of the year and John Harbaugh. Um, I'm going to start us off here because I'm just going to get it out of the way. I think they need some outside help for Lamar Jackson. I'm going to have them take a wide receiver. I know they did that last year with uh, Antonio Brown's cousin, uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, But I'm going to have him paired up with uh, T. Higgins, the wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, I think those would be a good match. I think he'd fit their offense really well. I love his speed. I love his hands. So 
I think he'd be a great fit for Baltimore. I think he has like the swagger that Baltimore has. That sounds odd. I just think that some guys have the right personality for certain teams. And I think that he's one of those guys. So I'm going to go T Higgins as the wide receiver of Clemson uh, for Baltimore. Uh, Matt, let's go to you. Baltimore Ravens select. They have lost a lot defensively. Um, you talk about some of the players that have left that team. They did get Clias Campbell, which helps out that pass rush quite a bit. But that second level needs help. And I think they get an absolute steal here. Patrick Queen is going to mm. fill the void of really good inside linebackers for the Ravens. And it's just a natural fit. This is, you talk about perfect player, perfect scheme, perfect team. This guy fits that mold. Gets to keep wearing the purple too. So it'd be a good, probably he'd probably be happy about that. Um, all right. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens for Ryan Shiner selects who at 28? So I actually do kind of agree with you, Matt. Um, I just don't know if they make that pick then. Um, I know at the end of last season, I think they had, what was it? I think they had a guard retired and then their center was injured on and off. Right. So my, with that based on my prediction was that they're going to pick Cesar uh, Ruiz, the center for Michigan. Um, just because, I mean, whenever you're going to have holes on your offensive line with a quarterback like Jackson, who's going to be there for a long time, you want to make sure he's going to be there for a long time. Um, yeah, and I think they do make that middle, that inside linebacker move something similar to that just in the next round. Yeah, and I, I will say this to Cesar Ruiz's point and those interior offensive linemen, all four of these teams picking in the last four to five picks, they all need interior offensive linemen. Packers probably need more need more so of a tackle, but they could easily use Cesar Ruiz. You take a look at the 49ers. The 49ers need offensive line help. The Kansas City Chiefs, with having to protect Mahomes, and we saw that defensive line for the 49ers really go after him. And I know I kind of got on Randy's case last episode about Cesar Ruiz being taken so early. I feel like this is the perfect spot for Ruiz to go off the board. And to Baltimore, it makes a ton of sense. I, I agree. I think that what they want to do is they want to run the ball and they want to keep running the ball over and over again. And what you have to do is you have to keep Lamar Jackson from getting killed, which probably on his own, he won't get killed because he's so athletic and so elusive, but you want to run the ball with Mark Ingram and Justice Hill and all those other guys. I think it's a smart play uh, for sure. All right, Ryan, we're going to go back to you because now the team that eliminated the Baltimore Ravens is on the clock. The Tennessee Titans, who gave Ryan Tannehill a massive contract in the offseason. A good team overall. I'm not sure what they need. So where do you have them taken here? Well, their major holes – one of their major holes, obviously, is offensive line. The reason why Marcus Mariota and their offense suffered so much last year at the beginning was because of their O-line play, especially in the pass protection. But um, they ended up not re-signing a corner. I I can't remember what his name is. And so in my draft, I have Trevon – uh, Trevon Diggs falling this far and, and at this far I feel like it's a no-brainer um, it's a hole that they just kind of gave up and they're just going to fill it in the first round so yeah for sure I think they're definitely going to go defense um, uh, only because I think that their their whole thing is running running game and defense and yeah you probably could you know slate them for any of the offensive linemen in this slot and I think that's fair um, but I'm going to have them go in defensive end with Ross Blacklock from TCU um, 
this is the second the, the TCU player I've had going in the last three picks, so it might not work out that way for them because it's Big 12 defensive players. But this guy is physical freak. He's tall. He's lengthy. He's quick. Uh, I love his bend on the pass rush. I think that he's just going to elevate all the rest of the players. And I believe that they lost uh, Cameron Wake on that defense, so they're going to have to get some pass rush replacement from that. Um, and I think he'll, he'll help everyone else uh, on that on the defense, especially in the front seven. So uh, Ross Blacklock, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, but yeah, Matt, 29 t- Tennessee Titans go. So I think this is the most interesting spot in the draft for me because I take a look at the Titans and two years ago, yeah, I see them going defensive line because they're competing for the AFC South. Last year, it felt like it changed things. It changed the expectations. So they're not trying to just stop the Colts, the Jaguars, and kudos to Houston for trading DeAndre Hopkins out of that division. But more so they're looking at the Kansas city team, the Baltimore team and teams that would be in that conversation for AFC championships. So I think they go corner here. I think it's the most logical fit from what Ryan said. They did let their cornerback walk. And I can't remember his name either, but they have to fill that need. Even if they're two or three deep at corner, we saw what the chiefs did to them. I mean, that's an imprint left on your brain. I think it was 28 unanswered points in the AFC championship game. And you have to be able to stop that at some point. You need your defense to stop them. So I have them taking AJ Terrell here. Yeah, I, I think you both are, are good, are smart on your logic there. I have no, you know, back argument for that. Uh, I think they're going to go defense. I just think that they're going to go defensive line, but I do think their secondary can use some improvement as well. So um, I don't hate to pick at all. Uh, okay. So that's the Tennessee Titans. Um, now, for the two of you, you have the Green Bay Packers picking in this spot, from what I understand correctly, right? Yes. I, I have the New England Patriots with their trade with the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, this is the first time the Patriots have really thought about what they're going to do at quarterback in 20 years. Uh, they've had the luxury of having the greatest quarterback of all time under center for them for the last two decades. So they traded back, but they love a guy unintended because they're going to pick Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State. Ugh. And Bill Belichick's going to groom him as the player of the future that he always dreamed of. And he's going to try his very darndest to win without Tom Brady and prove that it was him all along and it was not Tom Brady. So, yes, Jordan Love to the New England Patriots. I picked 30 for me. I'm going to throw that out there before I let either of you say your pick for the Green Bay Packers so that you guys marinate on that. Now, Ryan, you seem to have rolled your eyes there, so I'm going to give you the floor now. I just say that because Jordan Love is not a good football player. Like, this man struggled against New Mexico. This man struggled against BYU. This man struggled. Do you know what that tells me about Jordan Love, Ryan? He likes the excitement. He doesn't like going to Utah. What's in Utah? I mean, he played there, obviously not by choice. And New Mexico? Have you ever been to New Mexico? Only pe- the only reason people know New Mexico is because Breaking Bad. I, I don't care if my quarterback plays in poorly in states that have nothing going on. He's never going to play in New Mexico again. Who cares? Just for the record. He lost to BYU. He uh, he threw he went one and three he threw what for one touchdown and gave up three picks to BYU. Have you ever been to a Mormon campus? No, I've been to Kansas City, which is close enough because that's where Mormon Jerusalem is. Well, that's great. I mean, 
he probably went to BYU and was just astounded by the cultural shock that is the Mormon culture. I you mean, want, you want to know his, you want to know his, <laughs> his, his splits against LSU? You know, a real team, one of the few real teams they played. He was fifteen of thirty. Typical with college quarterback. Zero touchdowns and three picks. LSU. And I'm, I'm just gonna take a wild guess. I'm gonna take a wild guess. It's at LSU. He probably also swallowed a B on his way out. <laughs> with that point, Randy, like, here's the thing: if Belichick wanted to make an FU pick, and he wanted to prove all the success is only because of him and not because of the uh, working with the greatest quarterback of all time and all this stuff. If he can win with Jordan Love at quarterback, I think any – I know nobody has any negative things to say about Belichick, but any negative thing you can think of of Belichick gets thrown out the door because if he wins a Super Bowl with a man who – oof, just – oof. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, we act like Tom Brady made Bill Belichick. Have we forgotten Tom Brady, 199th overall pick? Like, is that from – Back up at Michigan? Yeah, back up – He played okay at Michigan. It's fine, it's fine. Like, He wasn't good enough to start at Michigan. Look, I'm going to trust – Back up a Yankee prospect. I, I'm going to trust start his freshman year or anything like that, but I'm going to trust Bill Belichick on this. He, I think he knows quarterbacks and you know what, if Jordan Love struggles, it's okay. Cause you know, what's going to happen. Bill Belichick is going to record the opposing teams and get all the defensive signals. <laughs> so Jordan Love will be successful. And if that doesn't work, he'll just have some guy deflate footballs. We have our next hall of fame quarterback. He he threw for three picks against Wake Forest. I'm so glad you, you brought up funny, Wake You want to hear something really funny? He was in a game, significant, had significant time. They won 62-7. to seven. He threw for one touchdown. Well, you don't – Team you know, you player. You your starters at that point. Yeah, you say your starters. 62-7. to seven. It's part of I, one damn touchdown play. I just want to say that in college, you might not always have great players around you. The knock on Joe Burrow is that he had a lot of great talent around him, right? So maybe some of these numbers are uh, an indication that he did not play with other professional players. I'm not saying that he is great or anything, but I think if you just look at his skill set and not like maybe he had a lot of drops, maybe the team around him was just got awful, and maybe that he was the bright spot of the team despite his lack of numbers and lack of team success. Like he still was capable, but he didn't have the talent around him or the coaching to put it all together. I just want to point out because you brought up Wake Forest. Daniel Jones went to Duke, right? Daniel Jones played Wake Forest in his senior year. They lost 59 to 7, and he threw for 145 yards. And the Giants picked him sixth overall. Well, the issue with Daniel Jones is more of his completion percentage, too, because he was like right around 50 or something like that and threw a lot of picks. But but to my point, he also had awful talent around him where every time he threw the ball, it would be dropped or it would be fumbled. Or, I mean, he had such bad talent around him. So what I'm saying is like, maybe all of these numbers don't indicate how great of a player that they are. I mean, I just think that maybe that um, someone like Bill Belichick could watch him on tape and figure out, I think that he has all the tools that if he had the right coaching and right players around him in the right system, he could win. 
And that's how I feel. Uh, I, I know that he hasn't had the greatest tape or greatest numbers by any means, but I still think that he has the intangibles that NFL teams look for. I would I don't understand that if he played Clemson twelve times in one year or something like oh oof, just oof. I already told I already told both of you guys, uh, based on that awful rumor that Matt said, just something just just bamboozled me, made me terrible, it made me want to throw up. That how Matt felt when I gave that ridiculous pick of the Bears trading up and giving away everything for Justin Herbert. That's how I feel if they pick Jordan Love in the second round. That that is just how I feel, and I think that one is more realistic. This is based on reports, and oh, oof. I just want to point out that Matt had Jordan Love going five overall, so let's not let's, – let's relax. <laughs> so here's the thing. What about things that could actually happen, Randy? So, so, wait, so, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone Sorry, just... I'm having a meltdown. I'm having a crisis. So <laughs> you're the same person that said to me – Brian, that Joe Burrow had the greatest collection of talent around him. Like you said, LSU was a top all-time team. So yeah, wouldn't the wouldn't the exact opposite apply to some quarterbacks who have nothing around them and they have to make like Jordan Love? No, is when you're not. But well, the thing is that they also don't play anybody though. Like who, who, who? Carson Wentz. Where'd he come from? obscurity josh allen where did he play at obscurity both yeah top- josh allen was yeah. josh allen was an fcs school and did not play and he didn't well, dominate but- it <laughs> he also didn't dominate carson was dominated his competition yeah right <laughs> so but we're not talking about like a school like north dakota state or something like that yeah. who may be on the up and up of, de- of developing a lot of talent at the position or you know what have you? Oh, the oh the AC stable. Who well, who was it? Okay, that that makes sense. You know, just. Oof. But I, the the point is, I I think this is a just a fantastic pick on so many different levels. Um, if he gets to that point, which I don't think he's going to, I, I think he gets picked in the early twenties. In all honesty, but he has like his arm talent's elite. Like, there's no questioning his arm strength, especially when he gets in the cold. It's the same reason they drafted Josh Allen in Buffalo. you got to be able to cut the ball through the wind. One of the reasons why the Bears drafted Trubisky is they thought he had a stronger arm than Watson. And obviously, you know, who knows about that? I I don't even want to talk about that pick anymore. But the teams draft these guys. That's why the Daniel Jones pick was slammed by so many is because the arm strength throwing in New York, no one thought he'd be able to make the throws that you'd have to make. Jordan love checks that box. He's going to be able to make any throw on the field. Accuracy. You want, let's talk accuracy. He may not have played anybody, but his sophomore year, he threw for a 64 plus completion percentage with 35 plus touchdowns. So I, I don't think, we can use the argument for somebody and to get somebody at the same time. Well, no, well, the, the issue, well, I'm not saying, I mean, obviously when I was talking about like Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, like, I mean, obviously I've been pretty critical of him. I just know he's just going to number one. Okay. That's just, that's just more like, cause he shouldn't be the number one pick, but we all know that that's just going to be what happens. And I don't know if I said that live on the episode or not. But, like, a lot of the arguments that I'm hearing is kind of reminds me of um, everyone Blaine Gabbert was getting a lot of hype around him in 2010 that after Andrew Luck decided to sit out that um, he was dubbed the number one number one quarterback yeah. in that draft. Yeah. Well, 
a lot of those are a lot of those arguments that you guys are saying i mean it's always gonna be true in every single draft there's gonna be a guy like that kind of reminds me of the blaine gabbert argument because he had a i mean gabbert struggled with accuracy threw a lot of picks and he was actually on a pretty good pretty good team that year um played against a lot of good defenses but the thing that set him apart was his height and his arm you know i, I just deleted i just exited but, out of the thing I, i'm assuming i'm assuming jordan yeah. loves tall yep so height and arm but at some point you know performance is going to have to matter when when these teams are making their picks i well, think at some point it's going to happen well, here's the thing though they're going to sign a quarterback or start Stidham. I mean, let's face it. Jordan Love's not going into any position and start him right away. That's not part of this plan. You're probably looking at one or two years on the bench to develop him, depending on the situation. That's why I actually love Jordan Love to Chicago in the second round if they get him, because then you have foals for two, three years, and then you can just sit Jordan Love if it works out. But for New England, I, this makes sense. Go get Cam Newton. Go get Jameis Winston. You know, go get yep. somebody. And I, I don't – why not? I mean, they need a quarterback. Jordan Love's going to be able to throw it in New England. He's got a better arm than Brady. See, and, and this is the other thing. When we take a look at teams and colleges, a lot of these quarterbacks get overlooked for numbers. And – I think quarterback's the one position where you actually have to apply the eye test. You, you have to trust your eyes and what you're seeing because as soon as you don't, you end up drafting guys like Mitch Trubisky because he threw five picks, 34 touchdowns. Everyone thought, well, this guy doesn't make mistakes. But you, you, Well, I mean, he also was playing a pretty weak defensive conference that year too where, you know, Deshaun Watson should have been the slam dunk, slam dunk pick regardless of whoever it was. Agreed. I mean, th th that's not the issue here. It's just right. where teams get caught up in measurables and stats instead of trusting your eyes. What are you seeing on tape? Baseball numbers work. It's a proven adage. Baseball, you can take the numbers and you can apply it to a player. Football, th th there's still the eye test. What are you watching? You know, what am I seeing in front of me? Does the guy dominate competition or does the guy struggle? Why is the guy struggling? To Randy's point, you know, how many drop passes? did he have and yet yeah, that increases the opportunity you know third and two is a hell of a lot different than third and 12 so maybe jordan love second and 10 he passes guy drops the pass so now he's third and 10 instead of second and two or third and two it doesn't There's... really happen as often on the collegiate level as as it's made out to be though i mean like to me the big the biggest issue though is like when you just see like 20 and 17 more of the 17 interceptions like you know just in, just in general, if you see like a high volume number for like something like interceptions or whatever, to me that's gonna be that has to be a red flag at some point. Well, well, like, because we keep because we keep seeing teams overlook that because tall guy, big arm, you know, whatever. Just like the Gabbert things, Gabbert had a pretty horrific stat line his junior junior year, yeah, and was still gonna be was still heralded as a top ten pick and ended up being in the top ten and. There's usually at least one or two guys like that. All right. You know what? Here's my hottest of takes. Jordan Love in five years will be the best quarterback coming out of this draft. Woo. Yeah, that, that's a hot take. That's for sure. I don't, I don't, I like it. I think that we talk so much about how much situation matters in the NFL that 
Pat Mahomes landed in the greatest situation possible, and that's why he's the MVP of the league, a Super Bowl MVP, a Super Bowl champion, brought a championship to the Chiefs for the first time in 50 years. I'm not saying Jordan Love is any of those things, but situation matters. When you get drafted to a team, what they do to help develop you means everything. So Jordan Love landing on the Patriots, it's hard, hard to argue that there's a better situation than that. So whether he plays right away or sits for two years, I love this pick for them. Uh, I think it's kind of low risk, honestly. I don't think anyone has high expectations for the Patriots. Uh, I think that they know that they have to they have to move on from Tom Brady at this point. He's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, so uh, maybe this is a solution for them at 30. Maybe I should have saved this for the last <laughs> pick because now <laughs> Just you, be like, you guys – Be like, hey, Ryan, FYI. Coming yeah. back for you. <laughs> so you guys still have to make your picks not number thirty for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and who do you have? Sorry for like meltdown, everyone. No, that's having okay. a bit of a crisis. Uh, um, I think that's good. That's good air right there. So Green Bay, yeah, at 30 yeah it is. Out. Oof. Anyway, uh, um, so, so I've seen a lot of people uh try to. It seems like a lot of people are more gearing towards uh, offensive needs for the Packers. Um, I think they're going to go with tackle. I can't remember exactly what their issue issue was with their tackles last year or during this offseason, but I think they're going to go with I, Isaiah Wilson. Uh, Georgia, like like we just were talking about, like what are you surrounding? Georgia produces great offensive linemen, especially at tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, was the only reason why Jake Fromm had, or one of the one of the reasons why Jake Fromm was successful because of everybody else around him. Um, yeah. So Matt, what do you got? 20 picks later, maybe still too early to take him, but 20 oh, no. picks later, <laughs> Michael Pittman to the Green Bay Packers. What is happening right now? <laughs> Here's the thing. Michael Pittman is a good receiver. He can be a good receiver. Uh, it's just whether or not he should be drafted that high. No. <laughs> he is – with the right, co- especially with the right no. coach and the right system, he is probably going to be a successful uh, NFL success story. While in various forms, I watched a ton of USC tape or a lot of USC games. My hatred towards Clay Helton very visible in some game threads for that. <laughs> but Pittman's a precise route runner. I mean, he he's he's going to do the little things that make him successful. You could tell he's a son of a former NFL football player, and you pair him on the opposite side of Devontae Adams. The Packers need this. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to be 37 this coming year. So you have a couple of more shots at this apple. Defensively, they're going to have to fix some holes, obviously, because they're not getting better defensively. You're going to see some regression, and they got to be able to stop the run but their bread and butter is with Aaron Rodgers and throwing the football. So they absolutely have to go wide receiver here. I'll, I'll tell you what, if they pick a receiver at all, I mean, if they pick Michael Pittman, they will be a sleeper in fantasy for me. I will just automatically target them as a guy that I want in a later round in fantasy because you have Aaron Rodgers, like you said, you have Devontae Adams on the other side. They have a great rushing attack. Um, I think that person is just going to be successful on uh, opportunity alone just on how much attention other people are getting so uh if they go receiver i'm interested in them in a fantasy football setting i will just throw that out there right now whether it's michael pittman whether it's somebody else i want them um that that pick took longer than i expected i will not lie to you uh so now we have san francisco who has their second pick 
uh, in the first round. There's rumors that they are looking to move these picks uh, for more draft capital and maybe revamp their whole defense, their defense as a whole. Um, Matt, do you have San Francisco staying put here? I do. I don't think they have the opportunity to trade out here. With so many good players in this range, you can get the same quality player at 31 that you would be able to get at 45. You know, a lot of talented players here. This is a toss-up for me because I really do like Xavier McKinney here. I think he fits a need for the 49ers losing some defense. But with the loss of DeForest Buckner, they're going to have to dress the defensive line, and that's why I have him taking A.J. Epinesa here. For sure. I think that we, we all kind of acknowledge that they, they need to, to replace Buckner's presence uh, on the line on the defensive side for sure. Uh, Ryan, where do you have San Francisco in their line of thinking right now? Um, so I think if they're going to trade either pick, it's, it would probably be more of their earlier pick. Um, but for the sake of Jesus, San Francisco, why couldn't you said this earlier when we were actually making our video for that? I'm just going to go ahead and say they're trading pick number 31. Um, they're going to trade to the Chiefs for a third round pick this year and a fourth round pick next year. Okay. Um, and with that, the Chiefs are going to get two picks back to back. And with this first one, I'm going to pick, go with uh, Damon Arnett, corner, cornerback from Ohio State. Uh, I know last year, especially when May Holmes went down, one thing that they were very unsatisfied with, and even the year before, was their secondary, their defense in general. And uh, they finally got things together well enough to win the Super Bowl. But I think they're gonna they're gonna take a. Uh, this is gonna be what they're gunning for. If it's not gonna be him, it's gonna be somebody else at this position or safety. Interesting. Um... Casey trading up and not having to get another give up a first or anything. I mean, that's a pretty good deal on their part. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, San Francisco gets what they want in those later, later round picks for sure. Um, uh, Matt, the San Francisco, you already said, so I, 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 I know they need wide receiver. I know they need defensive help. I already had them picking Chasen uh, at 13. They love a, a mediocre receiver more than anyone I've ever seen. Um, they love Debo Samuel. <laughs> and Debo Samuel, I'm not even sure, is good. <laughs> he runs a lot of reverses. He runs a lot of sweeps. Uh, he's a good blocker. He's really thick. Um, but I don't understand. They, they, like, unreasonably love this guy for some reason. Um, but I still think they need help on the outside. Um, I just was watching some Big 12 tape for some reason, and one guy caught, uh, stuck out to me. Uh, Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. Uh, I, I really like his route running ability. I like his hands. I think he's a, I think he's tall. I think he has uh, you know a wide catch radius because Jimmy G is not the most accurate person in the world. We've learned, and uh, they need to replace uh, Emmanuel Sanders uh, because believe it or not, he had a bigger impact on them than I think that they would like to admit. So I have them going wide receiver here. I'm going to go Denzel Mims wide receiver from Baylor. So we made it to the end, guys. We have one more pick, and it is the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Ryan, because you had them picking uh, before, I will let you go one more time. Who is Kansas City wrapping up this first round with? I think they're going to go – they are going to go back-to-back defense. Uh, Another thing that I know that people – that they've been saying that they wanted is to bolster their defensive line. I don't know where specifically – if people are thinking more defensive end, I think they're going to go more for defensive tackle 
up the middle, get more pressure, and I think they're going to pick uh, Jordan Elliott for, from Missouri. Okay. I mean, you're close to that area, right? So you would probably have a better idea of, of his uh, ability at the next level than we would. Yeah, he. Um, I mean, he was impressive last uh, this past year. I saw him in person play a bunch of times. Um, there's going to be a couple of people, for, or at least like one more person from that team that's going to end up getting drafted probably early, early meaning like the first three rounds. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this makes sense. They get a lot of pr- they get a lot more pressure up, up the middle. It's going to be great for this team this upcoming year. Matt, uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, at number 32, rounding out the first round. What they got? They, they get a home run player with this pick. They're going to build that interior, that offensive line. They're taking Cesar Ruiz, number 32 overall, <laughs> and they are ecstatic. I just will always think of how you destroyed me for that pick earlier, and now, yeah, I guess I, I it is mean, better value. It, no, it, I get it. The value it, matters. It. it does. It does. I get it. And, and, um. I, I just want to circle back to the 49ers. I just want to ask you guys a question. Why it's still fresh in our brain with the 49ers. I get that they don't have a second, third, or fourth hole or, or pick on this team, but don't you guys think that they need those top-end first-round pick players? It's not like they lack depth. It just seems like they lack players that are going to be able to disrupt because they did lose Emmanuel Sanders. I think that's a big loss, and I think yeah. – losing to Forrest Buckner is going to be a lot larger than how they feel. So I, I'm trying to figure out in my head, draft capital matters. And obviously you want more bites at the apple, but more often than not, first rounders give you that big boom impact. And I'm sorry for interrupting you, Randy, but I wanted to ask you that specifically. Ryan, you have an answer for him off the top of your head? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'll, those I'll, are all really great points, Matt. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I was just shocked to seeing that today as you were. Yeah. I'll say this. Uh, 13, probably a, a good pick. I would, you know, trade that one away. 31, I think it makes more sense to trade back at that one more than anything. Um, I think if you could get uh, a second this year and a third next year, I think maybe it's probably worth it. Um, but like you said, they have depth. I think maybe more impact players is probably more worth it. I think the contracts are what these teams worry about. Uh, First-round contracts are significantly more expensive uh, than later-round guys. So maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe their cap situation isn't great. I don't know that information off the top of my head, but it could be. I mean, yeah. these teams have different. Yeah, I mean, I, I checked their cap. It's not dire. So, and with trading Buckner, giving Armstead that big deal, I didn't like it. I, I, I trashed it initially, and I still trash it. I think it was a dumb decision. You, you don't trade a player of Buckner's value for a player – to sign long-term for Armstead's value. You make Buckner work. You get rid of Armstead. I don't understand. Kittle's not going to make a whole bunch of money. So so if you're trying to cut money for Kittle, you'll be fine because tight ends aren't making $15 million a year, no matter how dominant they are. Gronk didn't make 15. Kittle's not going to make 15, at least not right away. I just think with this team, you lost Emmanuel Sanders, who you could have re-signed. Jimmy G is on a not, – not a terrible deal for a quarterback if you're going to commit to him. I think this reeks that they want a different quarterback. I don't think they want Jimmy G. That's, that's the only reason these cost-cutting moves are making any sort of sense for me and trying to build up draft capital. Hmm. That – uh. That would be interesting because they gave him a lot of money. Uh, I think they, they had him at a top five paid QB 
when they gave him the contract. I think obviously since then, uh, every next quarterback who gets paid is the highest paid, uh, especially if they're if they're worth it. But if they moved on after that, we have L's to give out, Matt. We have a lot of L's in this football life group that we have to give out. And if Roberto is watching, if Henry is watching, bang, bang, Niner gang, get out of my face because it's over with. That was a fluke. One-year wonder. You're done. You're dead. Get out of my face with Jimmy G. I don't care how handsome he is. That would be amazing. I kind of hope that happens now. <laughs> um, okay. I guess I'll wrap up this draft. I just have a question for both of you. Can you guys tell me who sings We Are the Champions? Oh, geez. the Queen. <laughs> Yeah, it's the easiest question of all time because this man falls into the lap of the Chiefs and his name is Patrick Queen, the linebacker from LSU. And it is perfectly fitting since they are the champions of the football world. And that was a dumb joke, but I'm Randy Hammond. I make dumb jokes. This isn't something that if you've watched our show, you know this. I'm I'm just the old, you know, I'm not even old. I just have dad jokes lined up, ready to go. So Patrick Queen is going to be a stud for the Kansas City Chiefs playing in front of Tyron Matthew. Um, you guys already had him off the board, so I, I don't even need to elaborate. I think he's going to be a really good player in the pro level. Um, okay, so there it is. Uh, we're going to post uh, our full first-round mocks um, before the draft on Thursday night. At least that's my plan. I'm going to go through picks one through 32. But uh, before we say goodbye, Ryan came up with an interesting segment here because we didn't obviously touch on so many prospects. We, we all had a lot of similar players, but not all the same players. Um, Ryan, elaborate on this idea of giving them a sleeper of a player that you think is going to be really good who's going to go later. I mean, that's basically it. Um, <laughs> the, I, I mean, this is more just to try to see if, like, uh, if any of you guys like anybody else. It doesn't necessarily have to be pick number 33 or whatever, just, like, a player that you think has value but just may not necessarily be in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I love this idea because you see so many so often that guys uh, go later in the draft and they're just totally successful. It doesn't matter if they're first rounders or not. Uh, I, I'll say my guy, but then I have two honorable mentions because I have a philosophy about the draft uh, and that my team totally just ignores and they hate. So uh, my sleeper, uh, and I love wide receivers from Ohio State, um, is going to be KJ Hill. Um, he's He ran a 4-6 at the combine. I'd like him to be a little bit faster but I love his ball skills. Um, and I just, I don't know what it is, but there there's certain positions it's from certain schools that I trust. Like if this was a USC receiver, I would have said the same thing. I just think that these teams are really good about developing receivers and then having success at the next level. So for me, I think KJ Hill, I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, the, the, the mocks have had him going in a wide variety of range. Um, we'll see what team actually falls in love with him, but he won all, I, I was reading up on him too. He, I guess he won all of his one-on-one routes in the senior bowl. So if that tells me anything, that Dave Gettleman is going to love him. <laughs> Dave Gettleman loves the senior bowl. Um, I just think that he has NFL skills, and, and he went to Ohio State, so I think those guys do a really good job of training them. Um, other t- two uh, players that I didn't have going in the first round, because I don't believe that running backs deserve to go in the first round at all, are the two main running backs that we already talked about, Jonathan Taylor and DeAndre Swift. Uh, if these guys go second or third round, no matter what, it's incredible value, and they're going to be really successful in the NFL. That's all I have to say. Those are my honorable mentions. Matt, Ryan, I don't care who goes next. You guys can take it away. I'll go next. Um, mine was going to be Albert O. Um, not, not only because, you know, obviously a Missouri fan. Uh, everybody butchers, butchers his name, so I kind of I want them to say his name to see what they do. 
Um, but he was actually at one point for his injury uh, was the number one tight end of the country. Um, and there was points where uh, Derek Dooley, one of the worst offensive coordinators in history, uh, didn't understand the value of a tight end or, or a value of an NFL level tight end and was basically told you need to get more routes, more plays where the hot route is him. The main route is him. Um, I think he'll probably go in the second round, maybe third round. Um, he can go anywhere. If, if he ends up landing on the Patriots or somebody like that, that's an entirely great fit. Even, even if it is somebody like Jordan Love goes there, that's still a great fit and a great fit for both players. Well, more so for Love. Um, but yeah, um, just uh, really enjoyed watching him the past year. Did a lot of things that are impressive. He had an unfortunate injury, but yeah, he'll he'll bounce back in the NFL. I like it. Uh, I'm interested to see where all of the tight ends go in this draft and uh, where they land. Um, I think he's totally a good sleeper. Like you said, he was one of the better tight ends uh, in college football before his injury. So uh, I didn't know that's how you said his name, though. So that's interesting. <laughs> well, it's it's like Albert about um God what uh, Albert Albuinum or something or something along those yeah, lines. We yeah. just say oh. The entire oh, yeah. everybody knows exactly what you're saying, Albert. Oh, no, don't don't yes. bother. In interviews, that's really, exactly what he goes by. I, I want Goodell to butcher his name real bad now. Yeah, um, Albert Obamayun or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Matt, wrap this up for us. Give us a sleeper. Okay, I, I got one big one, and then like you, two honorable mentions, Randy, because I have to follow your suit here. So <laughs> my, my primary sleeper is Kenny Wilkie's defensive end out of Michigan State, I, I think you're going to see a double-digit sack producer for a lot of years come out of his ability. I really like him. Michigan State had a down year. Big Ten kind of overlooked. But I think the Big Ten produces a lot of quality offensive linemen that really stymies a defensive lineman. So I, I really like him. I think he's going to be excellent at the next level. And then I my, just think – go ahead. I forgot about your honorable mentions. That's my mistake. Okay. Um, Jacob Eason – I really, really like Jacob Eason as a quarterback. Will he be a day one starter? Absolutely not. We're talking three, four years down the line, right system, right team. Perfect fit for him would be the Packers. You know, learn behind Aaron Rodgers, no rush to get up there in a hurry. And then wide receiver out of Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. I like him a lot. I think he's a precise route runner for the most part. Would be a steal, but I really do like Kenny Wilkie's. All right. Well, I can't wait to see how wrong we all were on our mock drafts <laughs> on Thursday night. Um, it's going to be the most interesting draft I think I've ever watched. I uh, cannot wait to see all the technical difficulties uh, like we've experienced tonight. I'm sure they will do so themselves, with no doubt. I'm looking forward to like a, a Mel Kuyper F-bomb on air. Anything is possible with this. Uh, <laughs> but this was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing this with you guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed our three-part three draft series that we've done. Uh, we will probably have a draft recap coming up regardless of uh, Matt's availability or, you know, we'll maybe me and Ryan will do something. There. Uh, we'll figure something out. We'll recap some of the interesting storylines from the draft. Um, I hope you guys all, all are staying safe, staying healthy, staying inside. Uh, I think we're close to the end of this. I think the light is at the end of the tunnel. I could be very wrong. I do not know, but God, I'm hopeful because I can't keep doing this here, but um, I love you all. Thank you all so much for watching Matt. You have any parting shots? For the audience football that's all you need to know providing entertainment when we're all in quarantine yes 
Uh, Ryan, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, we hope to have you on again soon. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on there. This, is, this has been a blast, all three episodes. Yeah, again, thank you guys so much for watching us. Uh, we'll be back very soon, and I hope your team does terrible in the draft. <laughs> Go. What is up, Football Life? Welcome to the final draft special of the Deep Thirds Football Podcast. I am your host, Randy Hammond, joined by my two draft experts, none other than Matt Bushnell. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you today? I'm doing well. Still quarantined in my apartment, but still doing well. It's a beautiful day. Uh, and Ryan Shiner, all the way out in Missouri. Ryan, welcome back. Thanks. <laughs> Beard looking uh, as marvelous as ever, I might add. Yeah, I had to throw on a hat today. Getting, yeah. It's getting there. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. Well, we are recording this on Monday, April 20th, which is 420. So if you celebrate, I hope you had a great time doing so. Um, but we're going to talk about some draft stuff today. Uh, and we're going to finish our picks uh, 22 through 32. So we did all the picks up until then uh, last week and the week before. If you uh, haven't caught those yet, you might want to go back and check out our picks. We had some interesting ones, some controversial uh, trade decisions, uh, <laughs> and maybe a, maybe a potential death on air. But uh, you'll want to go check those out before you watch this one because those were all, all of our picks. If you miss any of our picks, we will post our mocks in full on Football Life before the draft on Thursday. And speaking of, guys, you know the draft is going to be virtual. It's unlike any draft before in the history of the NFL. Um, a lot of old GMs, right? A lot of guys who aren't tech savvy going on here. So apparently today they tried a mock draft. And I love fantasy football. I do mock drafts all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do because I am a loser. But they're fun. And I don't have tech issues quite uh, that, that like this. It came out today that they tried to do a mock draft just to see how all of this would go. And Matt. It was a disaster. They couldn't even get the Bengals pick out. And I don't know if you know this, but they picked first. So, I don't know. Are you any less excited for the draft after hearing about the tech issues that they had today? You know, it gives me hope that Ryan Pace is going to be able to fleece somebody because he's still fairly young, tech-savvy, young guy. You think that he'd be able to utilize this system to his advantage. So, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I have a bad feeling it's going to be really messy. I saw a memo that was released today that no team, even when the time is up, you can't jump another team. So basically, a team's going to be able to make their pick even if they run out of time. Yeah, it's going to be way different than anything we've ever experienced. Ryan, I know that you are someone who enjoys uh, sort of a disaster scenario. So tell me about your thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, so – Here's how my draft viewing usually goes. So a lot of times I'll just like casually watch the NFL draft. I mean, like, you know, you watch how many, how many kind of college football clips can you really watch, you know, rounds one through seven. Um, unless there's somebody like, you know, Missouri's going to go up or the Bears are going to do something interesting. This is going to be quality TV. I am so excited. There's nothing better than seeing 32 old farts not knowing how to open a PDF probably not probably gonna have to reboot there's gonna be a bunch of it issues um sorry for all my friends who work in it who are gonna be watching this but uh um your pain gets to be shown to the entire world so you guys should see this as a win yeah i i, I work in local news a lot of things we do now especially with interviews are via zoom via skype uh, all digital can't really go face to face with people given this uh pandemic situation we're going through right now 
and it's not always the smoothest thing. It's not, it doesn't always go well. I mean, we, if you watched our last show, you saw that, you know, I would freeze sometimes, Ryan would freeze sometimes. We thought Matt would be freezing and we kept talking. Like there's tech issues that can happen even in a podcast that happens in a Facebook group. So this, I'm very interested to see, especially some of these older guys. I mean, I root for a team that has an older, older gentleman who hired what he called computer folk uh, on his staff just months ago. Um, and there was a picture of him. It came out. He had just like a solo computer that looked like my, I have a 2010 Sony bio in front of me right now. Cause it's all reliable. Um, and it looked like that. And then he had a binder bigger than my head in front of him. So is he really using the computer or is he really using the binder? And Matt, if you could put a finger on a team making the wrong pick here, uh, in the first round, especially early, who is it going to be? Oh, easily the giants. This has giants <laughs> mishap written all over it. I can't help but to think that all of the teams in the top five could have an issue here. Uh, I, I Guys, can see the again, giving way too much credit to the Cleveland Browns. Well, it's not going to get to them is what I'm saying. It's going to happen before 10. I think that the Bengals could totally just screw this up right off the bat. I think that the the Redskins could totally screw this up right off the bat. And the Lions, I think, before the Giants even had a chance, the Lions could totally just accidentally say a name, and then, boom, the Lions select this guy. See, um, I imagine a lot of those other teams are going to be, like, del- accidentally delaying picks and being like, yeah. I, I thought, I think I'm clicking it. You're not clicking it. I am clicking it. The Browns are going <laughs> to pick somebody wrong. That wrong person is going to be Michael Pittman. <laughs> um, my favorite report is when we had an art posted in our group earlier is that a GM was complaining that one of their children uh, was on the Wi-Fi in another room ruining the internet connection and I only live with one other person but when there's more than three devices on my Wi-Fi it sucks pretty bad too so I can relate I think that's going to be a huge issue this year for sure um, I just don't know who but I cannot wait to see what happens when it does because it's just going to be it's going to be a roasting from our group and beyond. Uh, Ryan, I know you're an, act, uh, an active Twitter user like I am. Um, I just who who is the one person that is going to get roasted the most on Twitter with this? I can't help but to think it's Dave Gettleman, but is there another person? Oh, oh God. I mean, one is going to be ABC because there's going to be a technical issue with them doing something. I don't know what that something yeah. is going to be. But, uh, um, God, I'm, so do I have to pick a GM or do I have to pick, like... Well, I guess some... I was thinking more along the lines of GMs, but now that you mention it, it could be a, a whole other slate of, you know, news entities or broadcast professionals. <laughs> I, I think that there's going to be an issue uh, along the lines of um, somebody's going to not know that there's a, cam- a camera on or a mic on. And they're going to say something really, really awful. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to make assumptions, but it's probably going to be the Miami Dolphins or, or the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You know, know, Mike, Mike, go ahead. I'm going to go go with the franchise that hired Matt Patricia. Oh, oh no, 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 no. You guys are missing. Like, I know it's going to be a while before we get to him, but could you imagine Jerry Jones with a hot mic? Yes, that is exactly what we all needed, Matt. Thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Um, I mean, uh, just imagine the crap that's going to come out of that guy's mouth, and he's like, "It's going to be hilarious." Gary Jones looks like the type of person who's going to spend draft time to look through a guy's Twitter feed to see if he stands for the anthem or not. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, the first round of the draft, especially is appointment television for me. And usually we have a party and watch it. I love the NFL draft. I love the NFL. So obviously me and my friends, we all root for different teams. We want to see what our teams do, make fun of each other when they do dumb stuff. Um, most of the time it's me, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I love the, the aspect that I've read, like they don't know how to turn off their mics. Like that is going to be an absolute disaster. And like Matt said, Jerry Jones is going to say something so incredibly racist and it's going to be awesome. And I cannot wait. I can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. The, the Dallas Cowboys might be for sale on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be uh, a Clipper situation. What was uh, Dave, Dale Donald Sterling? Yep, uh, Donald Sterling. You say something racist and you get billions of dollars for it. So <laughs> Jerry Jones could be hitting the jackpot here soon, uh, which would be bad for the rest of us because Jerry Jones is probably what's keeping that franchise back. Um, but, all right, not a whole lot of news going on since the last time we spoke. So we're going to dedicate the rest of this episode into finishing our mock draft. Like I said, we're not going to recap uh, picks 11 to 22. We are just going to go – um, 22 or 11 to 21, I should say 22 to 32 is where our picks are going to be today. So, um, lack of visuals, lack of fun PowerPoints for you today. We apologize, but you get to look at all of our beautiful faces and you get to hear our football banter. So, um, yeah, so picking 22nd this year in the NFL draft is the first pick of the Minnesota Vikings who have two in the twenties. Um, Matt, we're going to start off with you, Minnesota at 22. Who you got? I think Minnesota is going to start repairing that defense a little bit, and they're going to be taking Noah Igbenauhi, cornerback out of Auburn. Ooh, what a name. Yep. A-plus on the name. Too. <laughs> Thank you. He fits a need. Um, they, they need to repair that secondary a little bit. They probably also need a pass rusher. But I, I like the cornerback, and – it's a good spot for him. I would try to pronounce his name. I'm just going to call him Noah. I think Noah has good size, good range. He'll be able to cover a lot of ground. So Minnesota needs that. I respect you even putting him in your mock because a lot of times when I see a difficult name, I just was like, no, I'm not even going to do it and just pick someone else. So I respect that. Uh, Ryan uh, at 22, anything can happen when you make a pick for your mock draft. Who are the Minnesota Vikings picking here? So I actually saw on the Vikings website that they are looking at corner and the two names that they had on there that they're looking at allegedly, I mean, you know, their own little reporter. So who knows like how much is um, going to be accurate, but the two corners that they have listed are Jalen Johnson and AJ Terrell. And I think they'll probably go with uh, Jalen Johnson from Utah. Um, and basically all the same things, same reasons Matt said, I mean, they're going to have to repair that secondary somehow. And uh, really at this point, um, because for me, they're also kind of like a hard team to read just coming off of last year. And if there's going to be one position where they're going to have to, like, go go out to fix, it's probably going to be that. So that's mine. Yeah, I, I agree. I think their front seven is still really good, even with them losing, um, you know, some of the, the important players we had up front. Um, Xavier Rhodes, who was really good for a long time, really was bad last year. Uh, and it really hurt them in the back end. Uh, Harrison Smith's still a really good safety, but you you got to help yourself on the outside here. So I'm along the same thought process with you guys. I'm going to go Trevon Diggs, the corner from Alabama. I know secondary players from Alabama are iffy, but I actually really like his footwork. Uh, I, he got thrown at quite a bit, but, I mean, 
I think the offenses in the SEC were actually pretty good this year, so I don't think they cared as much about who the corners were, but more about their offensive systems. But uh, I think he could translate well, and I think given the Minnesota's history of success with defense, um, I think that they could totally uh, make him work, especially if they, you know, helped him out, put him on Harrison's left side. I think that could totally work for sure. Okay, uh, picking at 23 uh, is the New England Patriots. Pretty high for them. Uh, given that they usually are picking in the 30s every year. Uh, Tom Brady left. Seems to be a changing of the guard, and they uh, announced new uniforms, which are basically just their color rush uniforms. Um, the blue one is kind of boring, but the white is kind of nice. Uh, not important when it comes to the draft, but maybe it's a signaling of a new era. Maybe they go quarterback here. Ryan, who do you have the Patriots picking? Um, so, actually uh... – I don't think they're going to go quarterback mainly because uh, in my draft, I have already have all the main quarterbacks picked, um, but um, they could always, they could always trade up. I think probably what their need is going to be is going to be tight end more so because I think they're actually just going to go out and sign somebody, whether it's, you know, Cam Newton or whoever it is. And uh, unfortunately in this draft, I think they can actually get a the tight ends that they're looking for. They can get a little bit later. So, like, Albert O, I would say, is probably the best tight end out of this one. Not, you know, a little bit biased. But uh, but they can get him probably in, the, you know, second second round, uh, maybe at worst third. He's probably going to be mid-second, late, late second. Um, so, I think they'll actually probably go with a receiver with Justin Jefferson from LSU. He looked really great this year, this past year. Really great route runner. Um, whoever they're going to sign is – I think it's who they're going to be building this around and, and whether that's cam or whoever that's going to be, I think this is, they're not going to use this on a quarterback at, if they're picking at this spot. Now, if they do trade up and get the lion spot or whatever, I can see them picking up two or whoever else, but. Mm -hmm. That'd be the second year in a row that they picked a wide receiver in the first round. Um, that would be kind of interesting for Bill Belichick considering he hasn't had any success um, picking uh, receivers in the first of the I forgot who well Nikhil Harry was the guy they picked last year um just kind of struggled but you know we'll see what happens with him that would be a good pick I think Justin Jefferson's a good player uh Matt what about you I don't see them going wide receiver for the very reasons of Nikhil Harry and they still have Julian Edelman so I don't see that as a glaring position of need they need that combo tight end a tight end that's big enough at the point of attack to hold his blocks to enable the run game and also to be have those soft hands to be able to catch the pass. That's why I have them taking the best tight end at the, on the board here. It might be a little bit of a reach for them, but they have to get them. Adam Trotman, tight end out of Dayton, 6'6", 251. Yeah, it sounds like a Bill Belichick wet dream. Uh, that guy is 